Welcome to the Inner Feminine Beast Podcast, where I'm teaching you how to be the highest version of yourself that has the power, strength, courage, and clarity to claim the life you desire and have it emerge through here in the physical. This podcast will empower you to use the laws of the universe and align with your intuition, create big wins in business by teaching you winning sales strategies and wealth practices, my secrets to healthier relationships, better health, and living like the fierce woman you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant, a dedicated student to metaphysics, a self-made millionaire, and a CEO. Let's get it going and unleash your inner feminine beast. Hey, hey, IFB. Okay, so I have a really fun conversation with you today. I know it's going to be fire for the inner feminine beast interview. Today, it's not so much the feminine, it's a little bit more the beast. I'm excited because I was just talking to our guests today before we got started. And I was like, dude, I think you might be the fourth male that we've had on the show, but I'm, I'm game for it. I'm excited for today's conversation because today's guest is going to talk to us a lot about like kind of the old way of doing things versus the new and being willing to see things differently. Of course, we're going to talk system strategies, especially when it comes to duplication. That is his jam. So uh, get ready, y'all. This is who we have for today. Today's guest is John Melton. He is a top 50 earner in the entire profession, top three in his company, a member of the Network Marketing Hall of Fame, and one of the most renowned social media trainers in the network marketing space. After spending 10 years building their business using offline methods and sacrificing family time, Lord knows I know what that's like, John and his wife, Nadia, turned to online marketing. This led them to explore and develop various online marketing strategies until they found the formula that worked for them and their team. Now, over the past five years, their organization has brought in over $300 million in sales and over 600,000 new customers, all without home parties, meeting presentations, and three-way calls. Today, John's favorite words are systems and duplication, as he combines modern online marketing strategies with traditional network marketing methods to teach thousands how to create profitable online businesses. John, welcome to the show. What's up, Cynthia? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. I um, you know, I love always kind of reminding people how these conversations start. For me, what I'm really big about is the power of connection. And um, you know, when I started my company, we're in year three now, but you know, I, it was multiple six figures in my first six months. And everybody always asked me, how, how did you do it? How did it happen? And I just remind people, well, it's called social media. In fact, this thing that we always say is a DM, a DM, we forget that's called direct message. And I love this about you. You just sent me a message. You said, hi. And I said, Hey, what's up? And I said, who do we know? Oh, we know a lot of the same people. We had a conversation and now here we are on the podcast. Everyone's like, how do you get people like that on your podcast? I'm like, he reached out and said, hi, like, that's how it starts. Like, it's not this hard thing. There's no payments. There's no PR. There's, it's just people being people. And that's why I really believe in the power of proximity. So really happy that we connected and we're going to have a great conversation today. So I don't know if we talked a ton about this, but 
I know it's going to be a good story. So before we talk about where you're at today, of course, we're going to talk about systems and duplication. And we're going to talk about who's the guy that has 600,000 new customers, right? But what was it all like before that? As you were saying, 10 years it kind of built you to get here. I'm sure it wasn't just rainbows and butterflies. And as I like to say, Prince Charming's, maybe for you princesses. But what was it like um, for you to get to where you're at? And also your perspective, like the old ways of doing business versus now, especially network marketing. I'd love to hear. Yeah, so great, great uh, way to start it for sure. And, you know, for for me, and I'm sure most entrepreneurs, like they have a story of struggle and, you know, going through so much pain and torture that you're like, I got to figure this out. Like I cannot work for somebody else. I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck and have a life of mediocrity. And really when I was like 19, 20 years old, I mean, even before that, I was feeling like a loser, but especially around 19, 20, because 19 years old, 20 years old, because I graduated from high school in 1999. So crazy. Feel so old. But, you know, all my friends were going to college. They were going off to college and they knew what they wanted to like study and their major and, you know, what kind of job they were going to have. And I'm like freaking out because I'm like, I have no idea. Like I'm living, you know, for the weekend, I'm partying, you know, I'm into drugs, you know, my buddies and I hanging out, girls getting in fights, getting arrested. Like I was an idiot. And a friend of mine who was actually kind of a friend of me, because that's a whole other story. But anyway, he uh, brought me to one of these, these, uh, you know, meeting presentations. And I had no idea about Amway, network marketing, Mary Kay. I never heard of any of that stuff. But I was very open-minded because I'm waiting tables, going to community college, which was basically like 13th and 14th grade. Like I had still living at home. I had no money, but I went to this meeting and I'm like, this seems cool. Like, I feel like this is something I could do. And they said, it doesn't matter if you're from Yale or jail, you know, you can build wealth, you can build residual income. Now, of course, I find out a couple of years later when it gets shut down by the Federal Trade Commission, that it was basically a pyramid scheme. Yeah. I didn't understand all that stuff. But what I did know is I got exposed to business and entrepreneurship and sales and community and personal development. And it changed my life forever. And then I took that experience, that education, I went into traditional sales and I was in a uh, mortgage company, a very large mortgage company in Baltimore. And they're actually still in business today. They've expanded all over the country, National National Fidelity Mortgage, NFM for short. Uh, I became the rookie of the year the first year and the number one loan officer the second year. And I made $250,000 as a community college dropout at 24 years old because I had to, I had to make money. Nadia, my wife, who I met in my first network marketing company, uh, her and I were having a baby. So I'm just like, you know, I got to do something. I'm not trying to go back to like waiting tables. I definitely want to be able to provide provide for my, my you know, my son and my now, you know, wife. And luckily we made a lot of money during the boom, but here's what happened. The market crashed. So now in 2008, we're working twice as hard, half the money. We made a bunch of money, thank God, but we also invested in real estate. We bought high, which I would have met you and your husband back then and learned more about real estate investing, right? But we bought high, we sold low, we lost a million bucks in real estate, and now it's twice as hard to make money. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, hey, you got to go get licensed, which I hated taking tests and studying, and that's why I hated school. So I got back into network marketing. But the second time around, Cynthia, I had a lot more influence. The yep. second time around, I had more credibility. I had a better network of people. I knew a lot of like real estate professionals, appraisers, mortgage bankers, realtors. So that first couple of years doing it part-time, I was kind of like getting my bearings, if you will. 
And then 2008, when the market crashed, also one of my really good friends from high school committed suicide. Mm. He like had a drinking and a drug problem. I decided when he took his life, I'm going to quit drinking. So I quit drinking 15 years ago, wow. went all in as a network marketer slash entrepreneur, walked away, fired my boss, got out of the, the mortgage industry, and I've been full-time ever since. And it's been a crazy ass uh, ride, journey, whatever you want to call it. But here we are at 2023, feeling pretty good about things. I love that. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, you know, what's funny. I, I just, I listened to you and I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Me too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Me too. <laughs> and it's funny. So um, yeah, you're 18 years old. How the fuck are you supposed to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life? Right. I think I changed exactly. my major like four times. I always yeah. thought it was, um, yeah, it's kind of, even when you go to university, which I did, it still feels like 13th, 14th grade. And I joke yeah. around. I joke around, John, because um, I'm a little bit younger, but I mean, when I was in college, I, I sold a flip phone in college, right? And I went to school for yeah. marketing. Like, great. There went a hundred grand. Like, you know what I mean? Like my whole business is on social media now, but it's interesting because um, as you said, you know, pain pushes until vision pulls. That's what I always say. Like the, the pains you realize got you to where you're at now. This is just a fun thing because I think my listeners heard me say this before. And a lot of times people ask me, Cynthia, like you've managed really big, successful sales teams. Um, you go in and you get hired by these multiple seven-figure entrepreneurs and you train their sales teams. How do we find the best salespeople? How do we find the best salespeople? Now, um, I'm not tooting my horn saying I'm the best, but I mean, pretty damn good, I will say. And I mean, <laughs> look at your number, what you're sharing here. It's it's not because you had a shiny paper on the wall, Okay. I mean, I'm not against if you like your shiny paper. I always say fuck credentials. I care about results. Like that's what I'm about. It's not the, the paper in the wall. One of the things that I've noticed is where do you find the best salespeople? Don't poo-poo it. I always go to the restaurants. I really do because like high-end restaurants, especially like these people are hungry. They're on their feet. They'll work crazy hours. And at the same time, like you are you're multitasking and you're creating an experience and you're upselling. And if you're at an expensive restaurant, that's a thousand dollar check at each table. So my team, whoever I've ever hired has actually been somebody I saw be an amazing server. And I was like, Hey, how would you feel to get off your feet and work from home? Like, what would that be like for you? Cause I can see it in you. And that's where I felt my team. They were all restaurant people. And I'm not shocked to hear that you were one. Um, and Lord knows I certainly was one for quite some time. So that's something we have in common here. So that is your story. Round two, it's a little bit easier. So 10 years, is that long have you been doing it now? Or how long is it officially that you've been? Well, technically I've been in the network marketing profession since 2001. So okay. yeah, 20 yeah. plus years doing the network, wow. but I did offline for a while. And then we started doing videos, creating content, building our personal brand around 2000. I think our first videos that we actually posted was like January, 2013. So it's been a little over 10 years of building a brand, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, so let's talk about this because I have quite a few clients now who are their top performers in network marketing. Um, some are, you know, national presidents and things at the different ranks and all that. And I asked them how long you've been doing it. And some of them say 20 years. Yeah. If I had a flip phone in college, I can imagine running and, and creating and building network marketing years ago is significantly different than it is now. First of all, we can probably say it's so much easier now because from this little box that fits in your back pocket, you can reach people all over the world with no overhead. But what do you feel is, you know, how traditionally you used to build your team and make sales versus now? And what is still something that was like 
will never change. That is like one of the core principles that worked then and will work now. I'm curious from- there, There's actually expert. a lot. Like yeah. there, there's a lot and it's such a great question. And you know this, cause like you said, you train sales teams and mm-hmm. it's it's being a great communicator, a great connector, you know, creating content's awesome. But if you post and ghost or post and pray, you're going to suck. And the thing is anything you're new to doing, whether it's prospecting, you know, public speaking, leadership, content creation, you're going to suck at it. Embrace the suck. Like you just have to suck it up, buttercup. Like people are like, oh, it's, it's sad. It's like, I think being broke is hard. Like living paycheck to paycheck is hard. That there's, you have to pick your heart. There are things out there that are legitimately hard. Like you said, waiting tables, you're on your feet. Like I remember working double shifts, like that shit was hard. Like sending a message to someone and, and, doing a video to me, it's not hard. It's, it could be embarrassing. It could be embarrassing in in that regard, but it's really not hard. Right. And I think the truth is a lot of us, especially nowadays, uh, we've, we've gotten a little soft, a little lazy because of social media. And I'm grateful I did the old school thing because I have something to compare it to. I used to do literally PBRs, private business receptions. It's not a beer. People are like, PBR, is that a beer? It's a <laughs> private business reception where we would freaking drive hours to someone's home at 6.30 to pitch their friends and family, whether two showed up or 22, same presentation at 6.30 Monday night. Then I go do it at 8.30 Tuesday night, or excuse me, 8.30 Monday night, then Tuesday night, 6.30, 8.30, Wednesday, 6.30, 8.30. And Cynthia, for whatever reason, God must have wanted me to drive. I could not build a team in my backyard. It was always so. I At that time, I was living south of Baltimore. So we're either driving north of Baltimore, up 83 into Pennsylvania, into Lancaster, in Amish country. Mm-hmm. We're in Philly. We're in central Pennsylvania, like parts of Pennsylvania I'd never heard of. Yeah. I'm building these massive teams. We're in West Virginia, where you don't have cell phone reception. Back when I had a flip phone, talking about flip phones, um, going into Virginia, like I'm doing meetings in these mega mansions for these big time real estate brokers. And then I might be doing a meeting for like, you know, we're literally in the boondocks. We're like, you, yeah. you drive, you go into the woods and do this meeting. You're walking into this person's house. And I kid you not, on the way out of their house, there's a freaking spider web that's been formed since you walked up the staircase. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's freaking creepy. I just walked there and now there's a giant spider web. I've only been in the house for an hour and it's in the staircase. And I hated spiders. Anyway, I digress. The point is, I had a WIT mentality, whatever it takes. Yeah. But I started to realize that I'm not money motivated. I'm freedom motivated. Mm-hmm. So when social media came around, thank God, we found a way to take the old school stuff that we were doing, right? Like connecting with people, you know, building businesses, building relationships, developing leaders, like all the things. And we took it and we blended it with the, the online. And at first we would call it hybrid marketing. So we were kind of doing both. We we're kind of doing like offline and online. And then eventually we went all in with online. And the majority of what we do today is online. Now we still do some offline. Like when I say offline, we'll do like team retreats. We'll do big events. Like, so we still, you know, we were just in, um, in March, we were in Paris. We did uh, a huge, the company had their huge convention in Paris. And we went there for the first time because we now have a huge European team. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool speaking in front of a bunch of Europeans and just, you know, going to Paris to have an event where like, you know, twist our arm, like, you know, it's real hard to get us out there now. Uh, we're probably going to go back there in October and do uh, the UK and the Czech Republic because we have big teams there now in those markets. Um, and we were in North Carolina 
a week before that. So anyway, the point is we still do offline, like the big training events, maybe team retreats, things like that. But 99% of what we do is, is on social. And most of it is actually on Facebook. A lot of people say, oh, Facebook's dead or Facebook, you know, it's for old people, which is kind of funny, right? Um, but it's still predominantly where we do most of our, our, our business recognition, prospecting, like that's what we teach people to leverage the most. We love TikTok and Instagram. I think those are great platforms. YouTube is obviously a great platform, but for the most part, Facebook has been the most dominant platform for us the last 10 plus years. I have so much to say to this that I just love. It's so funny. Um, I remember, you know, I've been in sales for a long time and, you know, since I started my professional career, I've always been in sales. Um, when I was, I think 27, I had 13 interviews and I became the youngest, uh, portfolio manager in the world with my position. I was one of four women and I was managing Jim Beam brands um, outside of Delaware in the Northeast region. So it's cool because you're like my neighbor, basically. So I had all these places, by the way, it's not Lancaster. That's what people who aren't from there say is Lancaster. If you're from there. So I was paying attention. <laughs> this is my neck of the woods as well. And um, I remember when I started getting into working for a business consultant who had online business, I remember feeling like so weird, like, what is a DM? Like, how does this work? And like figuring it out. And right. really it's, it's traditional sales mixed with a lot more intuition. Like it's a lot of energetics, you know, cause I used to stand in doorways and if you didn't buy something, I, I would wait until like, hold on until you bought something. Now people can just put down their phone they can ghost you. And so you need to understand your people and mm -hmm. truly understand the connections. But I remember through the growing pains of it, and getting a lot of no's or people ghosting in the beginning until I really understood how to convey my message. Um, I remember being like, I hate this. This sucks. Cause I used to just be the girl that would wear the cheetah dress and walk in with my blonde hair and be like, Hey, you know, let's make a, you know, let's be friends and like use body language. And like, remember like a small town, you know, it's like a small town. Oh, you know, Bill and Jane. And like, we all, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do that online. Well, eventually you can, right. Cause you and I, now we know some of the same people, but it took time to get there. Um, but I remember when I was meditating one day and I meditate every day, I remember hearing clear as day. I call her my IFB, my higher self. She came down. She literally, I felt like the punch in my, my face almost like wake up woman. I heard my <laughs> voice. It didn't come from me. It came to me. It said clear as day. Stop complaining about social media. And I remember like, I was like, whoa, like, okay, I need to stop labeling this and judging this and telling myself I'm a grandma when it comes to technology. Like this isn't fucking hard. It's not because at the same time, right if you can check your email, you can use Facebook. Yeah. You can use social media. yeah. So this is what I want to speak to because, you know, people tell me very often, they're like, what do you do when you get a bunch of no's? And I was like, you know, that was my download. But as I got that, what happened was my husband came to me and you're going to love this, John. He was like, Hey babe, I quit my job. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> what are you doing now? He's like, Oh, I'm selling scissors. And I was like, what the Oh, snap. Scissors? I was like, what is this like cuckoo or something? Because Oh no, no, this is not cuckoo, honey. This is stainless steel, samurai, Japanese hair shears. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I'm going to go to all these different salons and I'm going to just sell these. So I'm like, okay, well, how much, how much are you getting paid? He goes, Oh, nothing. Just commission. And I'm okay with that. Like, uh, I love commission because salary to me is more scary. That means you're capped and I know he can sell, I can sell, you know, go, I'm like, all right, babe, have fun, go for it. But I would watch him get in his car and go to Baltimore and go through all of PA and go through mm -hmm. all of Delaware and all of Maryland 
And this is not just the places I go to get my hair done. This is the hood. This is like, yeah. this is some sketchy places. This You're is going some, to barbershops. Some yeah. bumblefuck, like dum, 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 some those places too, right? And he is literally rolling up with some weapons, okay? He's driving, tearing up his car. He's carrying legit weapons and he's walking in. And guess what people are doing? They're laughing at him. They're literally, get the hell out of my place. They're slamming the doors in his face. Someone's like, yeah, I really want this, but um, come back in three months. He's like, you're five hours away from my house. You know, it's like, what? Like, and I just remind myself, so what? Ladies, wake the fuck up. So what? You got to know. It's not a big deal. It's a DM. Like, that's mm-hmm. a gift. It means don't waste your time and energy with that person because that's not your person. Yeah. And you know what's, you know what's really true? I, I mean this. This is straight up honest. John, I've been doing this for, I don't know, a good five years on social media now. And I think... I still have less than two hands of people that told me no or stop because if you're doing it through pure, like understanding energetics and emotional connection and about serving, like you're not that spammy, scammy, sleazy person that people want to say, stop. Like there's an art to it. And like, it's about being real. And so if you're getting a whole bunch of no's and stops, give me a call. I will help you. But at the same time, it's still not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Cause like you said, you're driving hours. Like I want people to remind us, like, that's what's so beautiful about what we're doing now. Let's talk about your yin to your yang, your your right hand, like your other half. Maybe you even said to me your better half. Um, you and I are connected through one of my previous executive sales clients and good friend, Marina Simone. And she recently was on the show and we were chatting and I said, I, I'm having John on. She's like, oh my gosh, you need Nadia on. <laughs> I was like, maybe we'll make that happen. But um, I love how much you talk about her so positively. I think you even had a post just yesterday about like, thank goodness, that she, you know, understands the taxes and the logistics of stuff. because you are like me, the, the visionary, the, the, the face, the, the yeah. loud one, the fun one. Um, tell me what it's like being in business with your spouse, your, your wife. She's a genius. I mean, I literally can't even imagine doing a fraction of what I do without her. Cause just as an example, you know, you're talking about the tax stuff, like that stuff is so tedious and, and it drives me crazy. Cause some people are like, Oh, you just need a better tax strategist. You need a better see. I'm like, listen, y'all, you have no idea what she researches. You have no idea. She has interviewed the best of the best. We hired this woman for a hundred thousand dollars and 15,000 just to file the taxes. Like these are not slouches, but they have like pages and pages and pages and pages of shit. You got to fill out like it because they want to maximize your tax savings. And, you know, there's all these moving parts and all these income streams. And it's not as simple as just like, you know, I've got my Modair business. And I got a job like that's the normal person, right? Or they have their network marketing business and their job like it's two income streams. They have an S corp. It's easy. This mm-hmm. is much more complicated. But another thing is uh, right now we're updating our entire system. So mm-hmm. like our launch system or duplication system, like, you know, we've been using Facebook for a lot of that because it was so easy over the years. You add someone to a group, you tag them in the guides. It used to be called units. But now because Facebook's becoming uh, more distracting. There's more going on. And we just wanted to simplify everything and have it in one place. Uh, we're making this brand new website. She knows how to make a website from scratch like that. And, mm-hmm. or, and not just make it, but like make it pretty, make it simple, but also like organize it in a way that my personality is just not interested. Yeah. Never, I, I will never be that personality. I, I've never even read a book. People are like, you got to read books, right? And leaders are readers. And I'm like, I listen to books on Audible. <laughs> Or I listen to podcasts or I watch videos. Thank God for Gary Vaynerchuk, because until him, I thought I was like, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, I cannot read a freaking book. And I have never, 
I hate to brag about this, but I have never read, read a book from, from front, front to back. Like I've never, ever read a whole book. It's crazy. I don't even think I read half a book. I just, my ADD kicks in, which is a dude has dreams for short. But, you know, for me, I'd like, you know, do the whole 10 pages a day, 10 pages of reading. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know what I read. Same thing with meditating. Same thing like Nadia does all that stuff. Mm-hmm. She'll read a book and study it, highlight it and go back through it. And then she'll listen to it on Audible. Yeah. She'll meditate. She does all that stuff. And by the way, she can also recruit anybody anytime she felt like it. She can create content better than anybody. Like, so she can do all that stuff too, which is wild. So she's multi-talented. But for me, I'm the one that's talking to people from the moment I wake up until whatever time during the day when the kids get home or when I got other things going on with the family, that's not her. So like an interview like this, like she'd have to prepare for it mentally for a month because that's just like for her, she says no to a lot of stuff, which I also, again, respect the heck out of like, she doesn't worry about her messenger. She, I mean, I'm like, you know, people are like, Hey, I sent Nadia a text message you know, a couple of weeks ago, she never got back to me. I'm like, yeah, she probably didn't respond to one of my text messages from a couple of weeks ago. Like she just, she's got her priorities and she's not doing anything else when she's in the zone, when she's working on a project. And again, I respect it because for me, I'm like the moment I open my eyeball, Cynthia, I'm talking, I'm talking. Yeah. And you can probably tell that's my personality yeah. for her. No way. She's got to do six, seven, eight, nine things coffee, meditation, listen to personal development, like all these things before she even starts responding to emails or messages. Mm -hmm. So we're very different, but we're also very similar in many ways. And it's, it's worked really well for us the last 20 years. And I think for those of you that are working with your spouse, because you have a lot of female listeners, right? They have a lot of husbands that maybe aren't on board with what they do, or they are, but they don't want to do the social media stuff, whatever. Um, I think it's very important for you to sit down with your spouse and just map out a plan. Like these are the things, not just like strengths and weaknesses, but likes and dislikes. And I'm sure you guys do this too, right? Where you figure out like, this is the shit I hate doing. I hate paying bills. I hate dealing with all that analytical stuff. I hate it. And she loves it. But for her, she's like, I don't want to be on demand and just be available and be responding to all these people. I don't want to do that stuff. So it's like, we figured out like what we like and dislike. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of like, take the charge like she's very much in charge of the brand yep you know our personal brand our finances our investments you know the 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 courses we create our blog podcast like she's in charge of that she runs the virtual team that we have where I'm much more involved in our network marketing business right our team the day-to-day stuff like I'm more in charge of that working with the team so that that worked well for us and I think a lot of couples that's why they fight over this stuff because I'm sure you've coached some of the women where they're like, I wish my husband would get involved. I'm like, listen, is he supportive? And they're like, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's excited for me, but I wish he'd get involved like you and Nadia work together. I'm like, that's just not him. Like you need to just, you need to just be okay with that and just be happy that he's supporting you. Because at the end of the day, there's women out there that deal with this quite a bit with their spouse is like, oh, you got to do another one of those videos or can you stop doing all this crap on social media? And it's really hard when you're with someone that is constantly chirping in your, your ear and complaining when you're like, <laughs> you're basically sleeping with the enemy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. like if you just have a spouse, a husband or wife, that's just supportive, just be excited about that. So sorry to rant, but that's, that's uh that's no I agree with you yeah I a lot to say here too um you know it's funny my my husband has a business partner for one of his businesses and 
oh my goodness, I call them little boyfriends. They just geek out together. They're like, no, you're <laughs> wonderful. No, you're wonderful. No, I love you. You're good at, no, you're the best. Like there's like, they just really, they're just, they love what they're doing. And they found like the best person because his business partner, um, shout out to Kale. Hey, Kale. Um, he is me. He's the CEO. So he's the visionary. He's the shot caller. He's the people person. He's the face of the company. He's like the, the, the person that really kind of sees very big picture. Mm -hmm. And then there's my husband and like, he loves it when he says what he does. I'm like, Ew, no, I would never want to do any of that, but it's to, to each their own. He's the COO. He loves getting his hands in there. He loves, you know, when it comes to real estate, he loves hiring the teams, managing the teams, like watching the the renovations. He loves knocking on the doors and collecting bills. I'm like, no, he's like, I love it. I loved it. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm looking at them really jealous. Like, man, I'm here by myself, you know, but that's why I have a mentor. That's why I always have a mentor because I need someone to look at things different that I'm not good at. And that's what it is about being a CEO. It's not about doing all the things. It's about being the one that is the visionary and that can call the shots and stay in your lane. Anything that you're not an expert at, don't be doing. You delegate to somebody else. And just so you know, because my husband, he loves the books. He loves the numbers. I I let people know all the time. Like he does run my numbers. I always know where my money is. I know how much money there is, but I let him do all that. And people you know, there's people that can be like, what, you just give that off. Yeah. I give off everything. I got an attorney for that. I have an employee for that. I have help for that. Like, cause I need to do what I'm good at. And that's like Nadia with the boundaries and standards and like, nope, not available for that because I'd be doing, there's somebody else who does it better. Um, and that's like a big part of it. So, you know, we're talking a lot about kind of the tactical things here too. I'd love to talk about one of your favorite topics. Like you said, your favorite words, systems and duplications. Agreed, mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. Um, I'm not talking about 600,000 customers here, but everything we do in my company, when we do it the first time we record it, um, when we have in-person events, it's like so easy. It's like, oh, get out the checklist of everything that needs to be done. Like yep. do, do it the first time and make it easy to do the second. So um, I know this is huge in network marketing as well. So talk to us a little bit about why uh, systems and duplications are so important. I'd love to hear this from you. Well, especially in a network marketing business, like you said, because you're bringing in a lot of people that are just part-time people, you know, mm-hmm. they're just getting started, you know, sure. It's awesome when you re- enroll someone that's got experience, influence, credibility, uh, they know how to sell, they know how to, you know, build teams and all that, but even they're going to end up bringing in people that are part-time spare time that, you know, maybe haven't really leveraged social media in that mm-hmm. way. So, you know, we, we have kind of a launch plan, you know, the checklists like you're talking about, right. To help them have like the business set up. And then from like knowing what groups, what apps, what scripts they need, like everything they need, right. The boards app, like just that whole setup. But then also, you know, the business launch, like how to launch your business, how to start posting, how to start prospecting. So you can start profiting. And uh, the biggest thing too, is like in the beginning, being okay with people staying in their comfort zone. Now we always say success lives outside your comfort zone. You have to be confident, but you do need to be courageous. I love the Brene Brown quote, choose courage over comfort. However, when they're brand new, dude, they're not going to do live videos. Like now if they're willing to, that's cool. But if I get a brand new person, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing a live video. No way. I'm not going to try to push them into doing that because then they might just say, you know what? This isn't for me. So when they're brand new, I try to just get them to do what they're comfortable with. Maybe they have a crappy warm market and they're like, I want to do cold market or I want to start doing reels or they are comfortable approaching their warm market or they don't want to talk about the business. They only want to talk about the product. I kind of let them 
figure out what they're comfortable with. So we have a system that we teach, but we're also willing to customize it so that people can kind of do it in a way that they're comfortable with at first. Now, mm-hmm. of course, they want to be a leader and they want to build something significant. We're going to stretch them and push them outside their comfort zone. You know, I just interviewed one of my my top enrollers, top promoters, like she's crushing it. And she is a firecracker. Like she literally posts every day. She does reels every day. She goes live every day. She's like, and I did that stuff for six months before I really saw results. She's like, now I literally talk to 50 new people every day, a thousand people a month. You know, she closes a lot of those people as customers. I think she put in like 400 personal customers in 90 days, just about and enrolled she enrolled 27 people into her team as social marketers. So she's she's in it, man. She is in the trenches. She's working this thing full time. But she's like, even when I was part time, I was doing those same things. I was just doing less of it. I might not talk to 50 a day. I might talk to 15 a day, right? But at the end of the day, she just accepts the fact that like some people are going to ghost me. Some people I'm going to have to follow up with them three, four, five, six, seven, nine times before they finally decide to respond or buy a product or join my team. She's like, I just don't get caught up in it. I have no emotional attachment to whether someone says yes, no, they like, dislike, follow, unfollow, unfriend, block. I don't give a crap. Like I'm here to make money and find people that want to either, you know, improve their health or they want to make money like me. Like that's it. And she just tells her story over and over again. She's relatable. She uses the little keywords like she figured out. And this is key for all of you. She figured out she has a lot of clarity on like how she wants to tell her story, what part of her story she wants to tell, who she wants to attract and relate to. And that's just what she focuses on. She doesn't get caught up in like, well, I really need to start uh, attracting younger people or I really need to start recruiting guys. Like, no, she's going to talk to moms like her. And she's probably in her 30s, right? So a lot of the women she attracts are in their, you know, 30s to 40s. You know, she was a divorcee. She was a single mom at one point. So she she talks to that demographic. Um, you know, she lost a lot of weight using our products. And even before that, she she had a really great, even a, a more significant weight loss story because she was with Beachbody before that. And, you know, she just knows who she wants to attract, the, the, the little key words, the little key points of her story. And that's why she's successful. And I think that's where a lot of people, and I'm sure this is part of what you help entrepreneurs with. This is why you're so good at what you do, Cynthia, is you help people find that clarity with their story and who they want to attract and the kind of content they want to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, what you said is so important because your girl's onto something and it's absolutely true. It's not having that emotional connection. Yes, you serve from your heart because that is your God-given purpose and you want to help people, but you can't want it more than they do. In fact, you can't want it at all. That's what people don't understand. When it comes to sales, this whole idea, everybody knows my least favorite word is try. That's just like admitting defeat before you even start. But also like, I like to highlight, I hate the words want and need. Like I need to do this. I need to do this. I I need this money. I need this sale. I want this person. I want, because what you are doing is you are accepting separation. Like you are really, that's a limitation of the mind. If you're going to make sales, it's about being the end result. You got to own it. You have to claim it. And you have to know what you're about. Like you said, 100%. I'm here to serve people and I'm here to make money. And that's yep. it. And you got to keep I ain't begging anybody to get rich with me. I say that all the time. Like, nope, not interested. And keep moving. Keep moving. I think that's the number one skill of any entrepreneur is understand inertia. What goes in motion stays in motion. Anytime you get held up and react and stop, 
you literally, it's like an Indiana Jones boulder. Like it's so heavy to get going, but once it starts moving, get the fuck out of the way because it is going to knock someone over. So your job is to not be emotionally attached to anything because that is what creates resistance and slows the roll. So I completely agree with that. And you also, you mentioned waiting tables. Mm -hmm. Isn't it such a great example though? Like if, if a waiter says, hey, would you like the dessert menu? And you're like, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, roll me out of here. You know, like all the common like responses. I, I waited tables. I remember put, stick a fork in me and all. If they're like, I don't want dessert. I'm not like, really? But like, but it's so good. Like, I don't, I'm not like going in the bathroom and freaking crying. I'm just like, okay, next, like whatever. Like, here's your check. Let's go. Let's on to the next one. But that's the problem with people is they don't look at it that way. They, they, they take it personally when they get a no or a not now or a not yet. What they don't realize, it's almost like a test. It's almost like a test. It's like, no, I'm not interested. It's like, okay, cool. Timing's not good, but I'll get you eventually. Might be a year from now, might be five years from now, but I'm going to come back. I'm not going to give up. Like that's, people are like, when do you build rapport? I'm like, after they say no. <laughs> you know what it is though? This is the truth. And this is not being cocky. This is someone who's really done the inner work and has mastered this and has got a million fucking no's. The thing is when you really own who you are and claim that, you really are not convincing anyone. You're just conveying your message and you know, you're damn good at what you do. If you get a no, it's not because they don't actually have a want and need because they're still in front of you. It's their own story, their own thing that they're going through. It's their own reason, like why they don't want this. Perhaps you trigger them. Perhaps they don't have the confidence. Perhaps their mom just died. You don't know, but like you just need to keep moving because there's a pipeline. And as long as you're available, like it's a revolving door. People are here and then they're gone and then they're here. And as long as you're standing here the whole time, they'll keep coming. So like, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on all of that. Okay. How did you not tell me about this? But okay. I did a little bit of stalking and I saw it. You have a book, my friend, uh, a, a book called create community. It's not about you, right? What is this book about? Uh, tell us a little bit more about this because I'd love to make sure that if there's a link for it, we'll put it below with all the other links that we'll share today as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's basically like this guy that I know, he, um, he, he does the whole collaboration with books and basically 21 chapters and each chapter is a different author. So mm -hmm. it's actually 21. I don't, I don't know if Kimberly's in it. I think Marina's in it, um, but it's 21 authors, 21 chapters, and we all wrote a chapter. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I think is going to be really helpful for people that are in network marketing, even outside network marketing, because it's all about creating community online. And really, I think some of it's even offline community. And it really is a powerful book. In fact, we're the first chapter in that book. Wow. But I think it's going to be a really powerful book for people that are wanting to build. Because, you know, you think about a lot of these network marketing businesses that have thrived over the years, even before social media, a lot of it was relationship and community. That, that's what they leaned on. Yeah. You know, that, people would even call like Amway and some of those old school companies cults because they're like, it's so weird. Like those people, they're all rah-rah. They like, you know, have these like, you know, three, four, five hour long meetings and hotels and all this stuff. But you know why people liked it? Because nobody like volunteers like, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to sign up in that cult. Like I'd like to join a cult. Like nobody's ever like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a total like illegal pyramid scheme. Like nobody ever would say that. Right. But how do people get sucked into those things? Whether it's a, a legitimate business or an illegitimate business, it's the people, it's the community, it's the, the positivity, it's the encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's the environment yeah. and environments, everything. So, you know, I don't know what the whole book is about because I haven't read all 21 chapters. I know my chapter is all about creating community, layered leadership, duplication, you know, really teaching people what we've done to create a multi-million dollar business. Because, you know, just in the last two years, we made almost $8 million just in our network marketing business. And that doesn't count all the other things we're doing, but 
a lot of that has to do with the fact that we just have a lot of people creating part-time and full-time success promoting the products. And I think if you get good at whether you're building traditional business an online business a network marketing business an affiliate business, like whatever it is, like it's all about connection and community. You know, it's, it's the, the major key. In fact, you look at, look at Tony Robbins, right? Still doing his thing. Now, a lot of his seminars are virtual, but he's got this massive community all over the world of people that know him, like him, trust him. Like you said, they're kind of in and out. They might go to a couple seminars and they're gone mm-hmm. for five years and come back and, you know, they just, they know what they're going to get, right? Being a part of his, his community, his inner circle, or even, you know, just going to an event, you know, occasionally. And it's, it's really when you build that brand, when you build that community and you find ways to support the people that are, you know, at the highest level, your high ticket, your top people, your leaders, whatever you want to call it, or the low level, you know, person that's kind of in and out spare time, you know, type of person. If you can find ways to help all people at the different levels, like you'll definitely build something that stands the test of time. And that was like our big thing. We're like, how can we help like the person that wants to earn a significant income without blowing out a part-timer, right? We want to make it a home for everyone. We want to have a culture where it's more inclusive. And it doesn't matter if you're from, you know, Yale or jail, talked about it earlier. doesn't matter if you're part-time, spare time. doesn't matter if you want to make seven figures or $7. Some people are weird, man. To me, they're weird. Like they don't even care about the money. They just want to be a part of something fun. They want to like be around the people. They want to promote a product that they actually love and use, but they're not actually in it to make money. And to me, that's weird, but they think I'm crazy. They think I'm obsessed and passionate, but guess what? We all get along. We all work together. Nobody makes anyone feel badly because their lack of commitment or because they're, you know, so gung ho about it. They won't shut up about it. It's just like, yo, whatever you want to do with it is up to you. Uh, Obviously we're going to spend more time with the people that want it, that want to build something significant, but we're not going to make anyone feel guilty because they're just, you know, kind of casually doing it. Yeah. I love that. I was going to say, wait, so you've never read a book, but you wrote a book, but this makes more sense now. Okay. Got it. (laughs) But yeah, when that comes out, let me know. We'll go back to this um, show and whatever schedule out, make sure we put the links there. That'd be great. And then you know what I wanted to say, Um, you are somebody who really kind of understands polarity when it comes to your posting. And it's not about pleasing everyone. It's really knowing your people. And this has been a big subject that has been coming out with the guests on our show. The ones that are really standing out and having success is that they are not afraid to say the things that everybody thinks. Like, mm-hmm. you're not yeah. just, you know, you know, yeah, I actually talk the talk and I walk the walk, right? Like, I love that. And your posts, I'll be scrolling and I'll see one. I'm like, who is this audacious person? I lo- Oh, that's John. Like, I can't wait to have him on the show <laughs> to let him know that I celebrate you saying that. Um, I think you had a post not too long ago that, for instance, said something like, stop taking it personally that your teammates want to learn from someone other than you. All that matters is that they're growing and taking action to create results. Your ego ain't your amigo. And I was like, amen. Like, I preach that all the time. Spice Girls backed. I'm happy if people work with my clients, my, my whole thing is get my client sales, right? Like I'm happy if like, you know, they go to my best friend or this and that, because like, we're better together. Like, it's all about that serving and abundance mindset, but not that particular quote in general, what inspired you to finally, was it always like, I'm going to be social media. I'm going to hear me roar. Or was it like through time? What have you noticed about being the person that not only walks the walk, but talks to talk to? Well, because kind of like you, I'm always like, you know, in the trenches having these conversations and I kind of know, I'm like in the know. So I already know like some of the stuff that people are annoyed with or some of the sketchy stuff. Like sometimes I'll get people that are like, oh, well, I thought you were like, 
you know, this positive like ambassador for, for network marketing. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I like every company. That doesn't mean I like every tactic strategy and jackass out there. That's, you know, doing things in an, you know, just a, a scandalous way. Right. Like if someone's being, you know, unethical or a company is doing things that they're screwing people over or they're, they're bashing, like there's a company out there. <laughs> I just did a post about them actually. And, uh, you know, they, 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 trash MLM, but they're network marketing. And they do this bait and switch where they're like, hey, if your retention's better than our retention of 95%, I'll join you and I'll bring my team over, knowing that nobody actually has 95% retention in anything, in any business. It's just they're liars and it's deceitful. So at the end of the day, I call them out probably once every six months just for fun because everybody knows the company I'm referring to uh, that's in the profession. And, you know, some of the comments are just hilarious and some of the things that people say, but, you know, I have no problem, like you said, calling, calling, calling out bullshit. And if, you know, a company or a leader or there's a tactic or something out there is, is rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, I'll be one of the first ones to jump on it and say something. And it's hilarious because all you gotta do is read through the comments and you can see that I'm not the only one that thinks those thoughts. And some of the comments are like novels, right? People telling their story or sharing what happened to them. And, you know, they get excited because they know like I'm one of those people. I even get people sometimes reaching out to me going, Hey, can you call out such and such? Or can you call out this, this thing? And, you know, sometimes I'll do it. Sometimes I won't, but you know, if enough people are having an issue with something, I have no problem saying something like even sometimes I go down the road of the, the political stuff. Like some of that stuff drives me crazy too. I, I try not to post that on my wall, but I'll post it like in my stories. And mm -hmm. it's amazing how many people respond to that. And they're, they're in agreement, you know, yeah. with some of the stuff that's going on out there. It's just, the world has kind of lost its mind a little bit since COVID, I feel like. Um, so calling out some of that stuff is, is in my wheelhouse. I don't try, I don't like doing it too much, getting too political. So I kind of just do it in my stories, but it's amazing how many people really, really resonate with that and what's yeah. going on. You know? You know, what's interesting um, when I first started my podcast and I started coaching, especially online, it was like a lot of people online, you know? So I, I know personally, and it's, it's just a label, but like I used to say, oh, the universe has your back and just give it to the universe. I say universe all the time because I felt like that was more pleasing and like, not so like, you know, some people, if you say God, then they're going to think you're a church person and they have all this heavy weight with it. And that's a heavy word. And I just Good feel like, like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I kept saying universe. And then I was like, that's not me. Like I'm a God girl. So I just started yeah. saying God and you wouldn't believe how many people came out and they're like, Oh, I love that you bring God into business. I love that you're, you're F bomber. And you're like that crazy mom. And you're like, but you're also like, no, it's, it's, you bring God into your business. God first. And like, I love that about you. And I was like, just being authentic, like authentic and really just saying what you mean even just little words, like it, it can change everything. So yeah. Well, and you're going to attract people that are obviously like you. And that's the biggest thing I try to explain to people that are trying to build their brand. They're, they're, they're focused too much on the outer. Like I need to get, and it's like, forget getting, just give. It's like the book, go giver, right. Or go give or sell more. That was one of the first books that I, I didn't read. I listened to. Right. And I was like, damn, like this is aligned with with the attraction marketing, building a personal brand, the Gary V jab, 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 right hook philosophy that I like. Like, I love that philosophy of like being a go-getter, right? Being a, or a go-giver, right? And by being a go-giver, you're going to get anyway, because people are going to be attracted to someone that speaks their mind and isn't afraid to put themselves out there. And yeah, you're definitely going to turn some people off for sure. Yeah. 
But you also, as long as you do it in a respectful way, like, look, I don't agree with certain people's religious views or political views or business philosophy, but I'm respectful. I understand that they had a different upbringing or they were, you know, they're a different ethnic background or a different, you know, who cares? Like, I'm not here to judge other people, but again, I'll also call out something that I feel is, is, you know, violating integrity or, or, you know, they're messing with the profession. I mean, there's a reason, look, let me just say this too. There's a reason I had MLM PTSD. There's a reason a lot of other people don't like MLM. There's a lot of anti-MLM channels out there now because there is a lot of weird cultish behavior and it's got to stop because at the end of the day, we want to attract people to us and, even if they don't make us a lot of money or they're on our team for a little while and they couldn't go somewhere else. We want it to be a great experience from beginning to end, because that's what will help elevate what we do where people are like, Hey, you know, I worked with John and Nadia and yeah, you know, it didn't work out. I went somewhere else, but like, he never like burned a bridge. We didn't like, you know, end our friendship because I stopped making them money, you know? Yeah. You know, you said something and I think I'm really different because of this, but um, I personally work with people who are nothing like me on purpose because they, I usually hire my mentor or coach to be somebody that really is completely different because they make me feel uncomfortable. And when I know I'm uncomfortable, that that's the area of growth. So I literally look for the weirdos. I look for the people who are doing things completely different because I'm like, that makes me feel like triggered. And when I feel triggered, then I want something else. And it's funny because I feel like, um, I do that too. Like my, my clients who come to me and they're like, I love your beast, but your beast scares the shit out of me. Like you're like you, every time you walk into the room, I feel like you disrupt it. I feel like you, I'm like, yeah, I'll shake you with love. I'm here to help you. Cause it's not about like, you know, just making you feel good. I want to get results and that's how we do it. We grow, but yeah, you know, I think it's interesting what you're saying here. I have one more question for you because, um, I'm sure you thought about this, but I, I just would love to hear this. So you know, 20 years of getting to where you're at now, right now, as you said, you're excited about going to speaking Europe and you have your in-person with your teams and all these fun things that are happening now. What is the future? And when you think about the future as somebody who is as successful as you are in network marketing, what truly is the legacy that you want to leave? Like, what do you want people to know about John Milton and what he did for network marketing as an industry as a whole? I'm curious if you ever thought about that or. Yeah, we, we think about that a lot. I mean, it's it's definitely I mean, I think that's the big reason why you should go to brand, why you should, you know, do your best job to pour into people because you don't know how long you're going to be here. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's the fact of life. I mean, you know, if today's your last day, like, did you leave a legacy? Did you make an impact on, you know, the people you came across? And that's. To me, that's that's why I always and, and this is why I love Gary Vee. You know, it's funny, I, I could like not listen to Gary Vaynerchuk for a whole year. And then I started listening to him again. And it's like the same stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always what you got to hear, what you need to hear, at least for me. Right. Because it just hits right in the mouth with like legacy and impact and, you know, just puts a lot of things in perspective. And I was listening to a quote earlier, a guy that was on Joe Rogan. And he was saying how like, you know, when your kids are driving you crazy, like, especially when they're little. Right. And they're just, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's so irritating. He's like, imagine being 80 years old and yet a time machine. And the only moment in time you go back to is this time right now with your kids. Like, what would you do for that? And it's like, so he's like, every time I'm like getting upset or my kids are driving me crazy, like I think about that, that one day I'm going to like wish I could be here. So like right now I'm 42, when I'm 75, I'm definitely going to be like, oh my gosh, if I could be in my forties again. So you try to like, live it up to the fullest, right? Because like, you know, my dogs are right over here. They're crazy. I love these dogs, but they're crazy. And you know what? Dogs don't live that long. 
So yeah. it's like, I try to like embrace that. My son is literally graduating. Like today's his last day of school. Wow. And then he, has, then he has two weeks of internship. He's got his playoffs for baseball starting uh, tomorrow night. But like, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, and then he's going off to college. Now, mind you, it's UMBC, 20 minutes away from the house. Nice. So that's Lucky. really, really cool. <laughs> Thank God. But, um, you know, I mean, he's moving out and like, that's it. He's not, he might not ever live here again. Now, I hope that's not the case. because I'm sure he'll still be here in the summers and stuff. But you get my point. It's like, you know, like life goes by quickly. And as you get older, you start to like realize like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like every vacation flies by, every summer flies by, everything I enjoy doing flies by. So I do want to leave a legacy. I do want to leave my mark, leave, you know, that footprint behind. And, you know, I think it's, it's really important to, you know, do that with your, you know, your social content, right. Uh, you know, doing your best job to document as much as you can. Like I remember back in the day, still even today, when, when we go places, Nadia's over there and, you know, it's always like, let's take a picture. And like, you know, especially when it first started, like, let's do a quick video. Let's do a quick, you know, story. Let's do a quick, we're like, Oh God, do we really have to like fine. And she's very, we call her the Russian hammer for a reason. Ain't that right, baby? So, so she's very aggressive, very, very aggressive, which you can only imagine our arguments sometimes, but you know, like, I'm so glad she made us take those pictures when they were little, do those little videos because like, how sad would it be to not have that? And like, how many of us like that are listening, like how many of us, like how super freaking cool would it be to go back and watch your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-great-great-grandparents do an interview like this or do a Facebook live video or like see what they had for lunch back in like 1862. Like that's kind of crazy, right? We don't always think about that, that like every post, everything we do, it's like, this is documentation for the future. And God only knows where things are going with AI. Like Nadia has become obsessed with it. Like she's already gone through like the best courses. We've already implemented a bunch of things. Like, I think that's going to be one of the biggest shifts. I mean, people talk about crypto, blockchain, social media. I think AI is going to be bigger than all of that. So we'll see what happens. But um, it's wild what's happening with that technology. But again, it's like, you know, we're at this like really unique time. And like, how old are you? You're in your 30s, right? Yeah, I'm 34. 34. So it's like, we kind of got to experience like growing up like old school, right? Like before technology was a thing, mm-hmm. we grew up with like the creation of technology. So yeah. it's like a wild deal because like a hundred years from now, like who knows if this planet's still gonna be here with the craziness. Going. But it's like, you know, with AI, with like, you know, Elon's literally trying to roll up on Mars and like, like build society there. Like it's yeah. crazy to think where things could be in just like a few short decades. Anyway, I'm going on a rant. I do think legacy is what it's all about. And, yeah. and, you know, that's why I try to show up as much as I can in the biggest way possible. And I try not to do things emotionally charged or triggered because I, I'm not, I'm not feeling like that's the most professional, most profound way to show up. If that makes sense. Absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's interesting. Cause that flip phone that I had in college, I was telling you about, it had this little button on it that had a globe. I was yeah. like, I remember sitting on the shuttle to classes and being like, y'all, I think there's internet on my phone. I, <laughs> I think like, and I remember being like, what? And again, this is in college. Like that's not that long ago. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think it's really interesting. Um, I'm really, really blessed, but my dad was a professional singer when he was like 16 back in the doo-wop times because he was born in the forties, right? He was like 45 when I was born. Wow. 
and he's no longer here, but I can listen to a song from when he was 16 singing. And I just think that's like the coolest thing. And I when think he was about 16, he was like yeah. traveling and like, wow. And I can think about like, he's done, he was an NFL player. He was in Vietnam. Like he's done all the things. Right. But, um, I think about this podcast and the fact that when I'm gone, my voice will still be here. My, my videos, mm -hmm. like the hundreds that I've created, like it's going to be here. And I think it's interesting because, you know, people, we were talking about getting on the nose. I promise you, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that will never buy anything from me, but yep. what I've left them and my intention of serving, and that's that impact, that's that legacy. And what you put out is what you come back. And I just think it's yes. really cool that we have a platform and that we have the ability to share our, our work. And I just, I'm really grateful to have you here today and sharing your insights. Um, because again, like you're somebody that's really inspiring a lot of people and, you know, to have you here and just sharing that has been really awesome. So thank you so much for your time today, John. It's a pleasure having Absolutely. you. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Now, what is the best way we're going to make sure we put all the links below for people to learn more about you, to follow you, to perhaps work with you as well. Where would you like to send them you know we have facebook and instagram is our probably our two most popular platforms mm -hmm. for you know if people want to find our freemiums our you know our content but of course we do have a, a site also with our blog our podcast all the things and that's mylifestyleacademy.com that's where we have uh, a lot of our like free downloads like if someone's like hey what's the best like recruiting strategy for social media uh we have our social media prospecting recruiting guide on our website um like i said our our blog, our podcast, like all the things. And, uh, and then, you know, Facebook and Instagram, probably the, the two places I spend the most time. Perfect. And like I said, we'll make sure for our listeners, put those links below. All Sweet. right, my friend, great conversation. I really appreciate having you here. And for our listeners until next time, acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Thank you for listening to the Inner Feminine Beast podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I check my reviews every week and each one truly does mean so much. So thank you. And also, if you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to visit my website, innerfemininebeast.com to join our communities. And so you can also connect with women who are on the same journey. I can't wait to see you on the inside.